Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Um, I, I got a word today. Look at the person next to you and say, today we're going to go from the altar to the throne. I'm excited. Um, let's, let, let's read a verse real quick. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. And it reads this way. It says, so let us bold, let us step boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help us when we need it most. I'm going to read it again. Let us step boldly. Say boldly. Let us step boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help us when we need it most. Today's sermon is more of a Bible study. Can I teach this Sunday morning? I, I want to teach a little bit, um, which means that I'm going to be going through various portions of Scripture. I'm not going to stay in one place. Um, so I need you to write. Because if you don't write, by the time you get home, getting through this traffic, um, I'm making your way through all the runners... Um, you're going to forget most of it. I don't care how much you... Um, no, not me. I got a great memory. You're going to forget most of it. It's scientifically proven. You're going to forget most of it. Some of y'all like, nah, it's all good because we're recording. That's cool. Um, so if you if you don't have a pen and you, you that's what you plan to do, make sure that you see it again. Amen? Say it again with me. Altar to the throne. And I want to start off with a question. How much would we pray if we truly believed our prayers were being heard by a king with the authority to answer each and every one? Think about that. How much would we pray if with all of our hearts we believe that the king of glory truly was hearing each and every one? Because the God on his truth is, you know, we come here, we say amen, we say hallelujah, we've been to every single sermon in this prayer series, and yet we're still not praying. You know, you don't even somebody. You know, because when it comes to prayer, it's a discipline. When it comes to prayer, it means that we got to say no to some things to say yes to God. When it comes to prayer, it means that we got to dedicate some time. It means that we got to shut off our gadgets. It means that, you know, we can't take a selfie at that moment because that would be bugging me out. You know, here, praying. You're not praying. You're taking a selfie. Right? So, so we see all these things, but when it comes to true prayer, it means that we got to separate ourselves from this world to connect with our headquarters in heaven. And, and we got to say no to the TV. We got to say no to the iPad. We got to say no to Netflix and chilling. We got to say no to all that to say yes to God for a little bit. And, and, and when it comes to this particular verse, you know, the re reason that I chose it is because we're going to go right around through various verses and we're going to head right back to it. I want to start off with a quote, Miles Monroe. And, and I want you guys to say, with, say this with me. Prayer 
is earthly permission for heavenly interference. I want you to think about this because this bugged me out this morning. Why would heaven need my permission? Why would God need my permission to do something here on earth? Read this verse with me. Psalm 115 verse 16. Psalm 115 verse 16. And it says, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Heaven belongs to God. That's his realm. Heaven is where he moves. Heaven is where we're going to see a little bit later that the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Heaven is, is where he, he walks and, and he commands and he does. But the earth, he's given to us. See, when God created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve and he said, look, this realm down here, I'm giving for you to rule. This realm down here, I'm giving for you to work. This realm down here is up to you what happens on this realm down here. This is why when, you know, when, when terrorism attacks occur, we can't blame that on God. When a tsunami happens, we can't blame that on God. When there's natural disasters, we can't blame those things on God. They're happening because we're making bad decisions. How many times do we say, oh, no, but God allowed this? No, 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 no. We're failing to pray. We're failing to take our positions and, and our authority in Christ and saying, you know what? Whatever happens in my realm, whatever happens in my house. See, Joshua understood the power of prayer. Joshua understood the power of the kingdom of God because when he declared I don't care what's happening in their homes but as for me and my house we gonna serve the Lord he understood the power that he of authority he understood the power of the kingdom of God we're gonna start with altars we're gonna start with altars there were four different types of altars in the Old Testament say four how many how many the first one was a dirt altar. Say dirt. This is a, a dirt altar. And it caused my attention because when we think about the creation of man, man was created from. So, so what is a dirt altar? Number one, a dirt altar could be easily removed because the waters come and it's gone. So a dirt altar is an emotional led prayer life. This is a prayer life that, that if I cry a lot, then I prayed. This is a prayer life where if I scream a lot, then I prayed. But, but it's led by your emotions. And how many of you would agree? Our emotions change. Our emotions change all the time. This is why you can pray and your emotions could be wrapped up in your prayer. And, and you think this is one that God is really going to answer. Oh my gosh, I lost like three pounds praying. I, you know, I was, I was crying. I, I, I even lost weight. And nothing happens. And you stop serving God. And you stop praying. And you stop seeking. Because you feel God didn't answer you. But it's not that God didn't have an answer for you. It's that maybe God, God's silence was the best answer that you, that you needed at the moment. 
So, so, so what's the first type of the first type of altar? A what? Dirt altar is very man-driven. The second one was a stone altar. Say stone. See, and, and, and stone altars were made, and, and what they speak to our lives about is a stone altar is the type of altar where it's very law-driven. Because the law was written on tablets of stone. So it's very law-driven, right? And you're very condemning in that prayer. You know, you're praying for your spouse, and instead of praying God's blessing over your spouse, you're like, Lord, you know, your word says that they're supposed to treat me as a weaker vessel. So I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, teach that man a lesson. And then you don't get a response, and you're mad at God. The third type of altar was Moses' altar. And in the tabernacle, there were two separate altars. They had the altar of cleansing and the altar of incense. See, so this is the altar where, where, where more than half of your prayer is so focused on you and your guilt and your condemnation that you never get into what prayer is really supposed to be. See, and this is Moses' altar. This is the altar where you come into the presence of God and you're like, God, I know I've been praying this prayer for 20 years, but can you forgive me about what I did way back then? And you never get into receiving instruction. You never get into changing because you're still living in your past. These are prayers where you're 30 years old, but when you're praying, you become 16 again. Because you never left that mistake. The, the, the next type of prayer is the temple prayer. This is Solomon's altars. And he had a whole bunch. He had a whole bunch. See, but, but this altar is characterized by the magnitude of sacrifices that were brought. When Solomon made his temple, the Bible tells us that they brought so many sacrifices to sacrifice to God that day. Right? So this is the type of prayer that you think you're going to move God by the amount of your words. God isn't impressed by you knowing how many names he's named by. God isn't impressed by you knowing all the miracles that he did or all the I am's in the book of John. None of that impresses God. See, but this is why a lot of people don't pray. Because a lot of times we as leaders put on the impression that you have to pray some very fine prayers in order for God to hear you. But God isn't moved by that. What moves God according to the Bible, the Bible says a broken and a contrite spirit you will not reject, oh God. In other words, if I'm broken and I understand my need for God, then I'm able to move God not by my perfection, but by my brokenness. See, but there were how many types of altars? Let's see who's paying attention. The first one is the, the, the altar of the, the second, the third, the fourth. Give yourselves a round of applause. We're learning right now. Amen. So there's four. But when I look in scripture, there's only one throne. There's four altars, but there's only one throne. Why? Because when we talk about a throne or the throne or the throne of God, it never changes. Somebody say with me, God never changes. Come on, say it again. God never changes. 
And this is important with prayer. Because if I'm, if I'm leaving the altar type life, I'm not praying according to my emotions. I'm not praying condem- condemnation and guilt. I'm not praying because I don't think God has forgiven me. I'm not praying because I need to impress him with my words. And all of a sudden I step into the realm of a throne. Or I step before a king. Everything changes. See, and, and, and if I know that I'm praying to a king or I'm talking to a king and I understand that that king doesn't change. My prayer life is more stable. It's more stable. See, I'm not trying to pray to mess with your emotions today. I'm not trying to get a lot of, oh my God, that was so awesome. I'm trying to create some maturity. Because we need some maturity in the house of God. We, you know, we, these emotion, you know, where, where people, oh, we was in a, in a, in a wake the, um, yesterday. This guy was sending people to hell. Out of wake. Real talk. Like he was like, I was going to say this, man. You know, because, because this, it's basically like he was saying, I don't know if this guy might be in hell right now. But you guys got a chance. Out of wake. But there were people excited about it. My wife was like, babe, did you see them? Like they were shaking their head like they're talking about hell and you're excited. See, but this is what happens with the religious mindset that is more excited about people going to hell than about people understanding that on the cross, Jesus forgave all of humanity's sins, past, present and future. And all they have to do is believe in that and they can be saved. This is what people need to hear. See, but when you're still living from altar to altar, from moment to moment, from experience to experience, from goosebump to goosebump, there's no maturity in your life. There's no stability in your life. This is why whenever a trial comes, you're shaken. This is why whenever every wave of doctrine comes, you're in from one church to the next church to the next church to the next church because there's no stability in your life. Somebody say, I need a throne. I need to know how to get to the throne. See, the Bible says that we are God's ambassadors. Somebody say that with me, ambassadors. See, an ambassador doesn't walk around, you know, seeking pity. An ambassador understands that my needs are taken care of by the king. An ambassador understands that we are on a mission an ambassador understands that they are not here permanently. When, ambassador, when an ambassador is sent by another country, let's say Obama, sends an ambassador to North Korea. And I'm using North Korea because they, they kind of hate us right now. Like, you know, we send an ambassador over there. It doesn't matter how much North Korea hates us. They understand that that one ambassador represents the full United States of America. So they don't mess with that. See, but when are we going to understand that we are in this world, but not of this world? And that we have been sent to planet Earth as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So when people see us, what they're supposed to understand is that although you're only seeing one person, I represent the full strength of my government. And the full strength of my government says, 
I am healed. I am blessed. I am the righteousness of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and never beneath. Whatever touches the sole of my feet is mine because the Bible says that all of the earth belongs to God. And if it belongs to God and I'm his ambassador, belongs to me. See, but what happens is we're living still from altar to altar. So all that you're hearing is what your emotions are speaking. But God is trying to speak. And we got to know what he's saying. How many of you know that verse, ask? Right? Then there's another one that says, ask, seek, and knock. How many of you ever heard that verse, right? Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek and knock and God brought something to me to my attention he said when you ask you don't know and you aren't sure and a lot of prayers are just asking God you know if you want to bless me God if you can give me God you know if you have time up there in heaven I know there's some things going on you might not have time for me we limit God how big is your God is God limited to the size of your problem See, one, one, one thing that God is doing in my life right now, he's testing me. Because he's saying, am I bigger than your bank account? It, I, I'm, I'm in the biggest financial test of my life. And God is saying, are you still going to praise me in the midst of this situation? Are you still going to come to the throne even though your bank account doesn't represent how rich you are? See, but I got to demonstrate maturity. I got to demonstrate that I know who I am in Christ. And this is why all day yesterday, the day before I've been saying, Lord, you will provide for all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, you have never left the righteous. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Lord, you are my provider. I will not lack. I will, I will be provided. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am. And although I don't feel like it, I got to keep praying that way. Y'all with me so far? All right. I, I, I want to I skip this because I want to go into what I feel God has told me. Say this with me. An altar demands death. A throne demands life. Look at this. Mark chapter 12 verse 27. Mark 12 verse 27. It says, he is not a God of the dead but of the living. See, what religion constantly teaches man, and you hear it all the time, no, you know, whatever God wants. How are you doing? Ay, como Dios quiere. You know, I, I'm how God wants me to be. Like, they're always walking around like a martyr. Am I correct? Like, like when you see someone that's serving God religiously, not out of excitement, out of passion, you're like, they're like, you know, come to my church. You know, if you come to my church, you'll be happy. You know, the joy of the Lord is there. But they're dead. I don't want to follow a corpse. Because if I follow a corpse sooner or later, I'll also be a walking corpse. I want to follow the living. I want to follow somebody with passion. I want to follow somebody that when they're excited, even though when, when nothing's going their way, they're still excited. When there's no reason to praise, they're still praising. When there's no reason to say amen, they're still saying amen. When there's no reason to raise up their hand, they're still raising up their hand. And the, this type of person, their prayer 
is a reflection of their belief. Wow, I got to say that again. Your prayers are a reflection of your beliefs. You can hide it with us. You can hide what you believe with us. But when you're praying, you can't hide it too well. When it's just you and God, God, I don't know if I deserve this. You don't. But because of Christ, you do. Can I get an amen, somebody? Listen to me. You deserve to be blessed. You deserve to be prosperous. You deserve to be healed. But it has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. It has everything to do with who you have placed your faith in. It's your, if your faith is still in you, you don't deserve not one thing. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how many books of the Bible you know. You still fall short. But if your faith is in Jesus and you put your faith on what he did on the cross, you deserve to be blessed. You deserve to be prosperous because he was beaten so that you can have it all there has to be a shift in our thinking here goes another thing that god showed me an altar is movable a throne is not an altar could be moved but a throne is never moved Mm. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 says, Therefore, let us all be thankful that we are part of an unshakable kingdom and offer to God worship that pleases him and reflects the awe and reverence we have towards him. The kingdom you serve, the kingdom I serve is unshakable. It doesn't move when the stock market moves. It doesn't move depending on who wins the presidency next week. The throne of God doesn't move by any of that because the person that sits on the throne, the Bible says that within him there is no variance. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't move. Oh, I like this one. An altar demands sacrifice, a throne demands praise an altar demands sacrifice a throne demands praise look what the bible says in revelation 4 2 and at once i was in the spirit and behold a throne stood in heaven what does it say was in heaven what's this right here a what it doesn't say an altar So why are you praying at a place or in a posture that doesn't even exist in heaven? Because if I want to move heaven on my behalf, I got to learn how to pray at the throne. I got to learn how to pray at the throne. But this is the problem. We still see ourselves as slaves when the Bible says we should see ourselves as citizens. We still have believers that are welfare believers. Just somebody give me something. Preacher, give me something. Worship team, give me something. Because I'm bankrupt on myself. If you don't give it to me, I don't have it. But when you have a citizen, when you have a son and a daughter of God, you open up the fridge of heaven and say, God, I don't need anyone to give me anything because I have all things. Because in Christ, I have, I have an inheritance that gives me everything. 
We have welfare Christians. You need an EBT card to get what you want. You need someone else to give it to you. When the Bible says, let me give it to you. Come to me, depend on me, lean on me. Let me be your provider. Hmm. Look what Revelation 4, 8 says, because this is what a person says who understands what prayer on a throne is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. This is the prayer of someone that understands their authority as a child of God. You don't got time to say, God, please, God, when will you? No, you're too busy praising God because you're like, God, if you did it before, you can do it again. If you healed me back there, you can heal me today. If you provided back there, you can provide today. So I'm going to rest in today as I work towards tomorrow. Revelation 4.11 Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Wow. What would happen if we stopped blaming the devil for everything? And instead put our, hands, our lives back in the hands of God. See, because when you're blaming the devil for everything, you're putting your life in his hands. But when you understand God, whatever it is that I'm going through, you're testing me. You're trying to produce something different in me. You're trying to raise up your character within me. See, but this is mature prayer. It's easy to fight against the devil. Ah, devil, I rebuke you. You know, you spend hours and hours. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And you're fighting and fighting and fighting. When the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter 2 that on the cross, Jesus destroyed principalities and powers. So why are you putting something together that God on the cross already destroyed? Let me keep going. The differences between a citizen's prayer and religious prayer. The differences between a citizen's prayer and religious prayer. Number one, when a citizen prays is based on rights, not wishes. You get arrested. Any of you ever got arrested? We got one honest person in the whole church. I was, gonna, I was waiting for you. I'm like, you family, you better stop lying. <laughs> see this is what happens if you get arrested for something you didn't do you could still pay for that crime if you don't know your rights but if you know your rights and you get detained for something or you're going through something but you know your rights you can claim those rights and you have to be set free so if you're sick, but you know your rights, and you know that your constitution says that by his stripes, 
you have been made whole. That by his stripes you are healed. And that he is your healer. It doesn't matter what your body is saying. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. If you know your rights, you can say, no, the devil is a liar. My body is healed. My mind is healed. My heart is healed. There is no diabetes for me. There is no cancer for me. There is no death for me. Why? Because it's illegal in this citizen's body. If you're broke and you're like, oh, but no jobs are hiring me. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. But you know your rights. And you know what the Bible says. And you know that the Bible says that as a citizen of God's kingdom, it's his job to provide for you. Either a job is going to show up, either that employer is going to call you, or God is going to send a raven from somewhere, or a, something from somewhere, and you're going to be provided for. Because I know what it is to be in that place. I know what it is to not have food for my children. But because I was a child of God, I was like, Lord, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to find the employment but i couldn't find a job so what what did god do god said you know what because you have believed in me and i heard a knock on the door and when i opened the door i had a whole bunch of bags of groceries just waiting for me i don't know where they came from but i know that i'm a child of god i know that i'm a citizen of his kingdom so it's the king's job to provide for his citizens Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 37 and 38. It says, but Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No, let them come themselves and take us out. Paul had gotten arrested. Paul was a Roman citizen. He had gotten beat up. He had gotten beat and they wanted him to send them away tranquilito. No, go ahead, you can leave. Paul said, no. They wanted to make a show out of us. Now we're going to make a show out of them. Tell them I want an Escalade limo to come and pick us up. And tell them I want them to be at the front of this Escalade saying that we did this by mistake. See, this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible says if you find the thief that he has give you back double what he took you in other words double for your trouble in other words if today you can say and understand i am a citizen of the kingdom of god i might not be perfect but i'm still a citizen i might have some issues but i am still a citizen and you understand this and you say you know what devil you took my family but in the name of jesus as a citizen of the kingdom of god i command double for my trouble in other words maybe she left me but i'm gonna get one that's gonna honor me maybe he left me maybe he didn't honor me but god is gonna send me a man that's gonna be make me his treasure maybe that job fired me and they had no right to do so as a citizen of the kingdom of god i declare that i will not only have a job but i have a career but you gotta change your thinking we have to change our thinking And this is the biggest issue. We want different results with the same mindset. We want to think the same way and we want different things to happen. 
It is, that's in, Mark Twain said that is insanity. insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You can't keep praying the same way and expect to get different things. We got to change how we think. I feel I'm in somebody's brain right now. We got to get, we got to get angry. When you read that, that verse, you see that Paul was angry. Paul was upset. And we need Christians that learn to get upset. That learn to get angry. That learn to get sick with being immature. That learn to get angry with not growing. I, I can stand most things. I, I'm patient with most things. But when I see a believer that's been five years, ten years, 15 years, 20 years, and they're still coming to the altar for the same prayer. That to me is a welfare Christian. You're depending on a little prayer on Sunday when God is saying everything belongs to you. It's like going to a buffet. Drinking a cup of water. When everything in there is yours. Can you imagine Pastor Rowe paying for me? Paying the price for me to be at that buffet. But because my mindset is one of poverty, my mindset is one that I don't deserve anything. I go to that place and they say, what do you want to drink? And I say, water. And I see all of them going up because they're mature believers. I see all of them going up and filling up their plate with food. And then they come back to the table and they're like, aren't you hungry? Yes, I'm hungry, but I don't deserve it. I haven't paid. And Roke looking at me and saying, but I paid the price for you. And me looking at him and saying, no, but I don't deserve it. And him saying, I know you don't deserve it, but it's already been paid. The plate is right in front of you. Go and feed yourself. And me saying, no, I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough to, to eat this kind of food, to eat this lavishly. And him saying, yes, but I already paid the price. Look at the receipt. Look at what the receipt says. The receipt says that all of your sins were paid for the receipt says that you are forgiven the receipt says there is therefore no condemnation the receipt says that you are an heir with christ and a joint heir with god the receipt says that everything belongs to you the receipt says whatever touches the sole of your feet is yours the receipt says you don't have to go begging for nothing but that people will come lending borrowing from you that's what the receipt says but me saying no I just drink the water. I'm not going to be that believer. I'm going to be the believer. See, because I, I like eating. I love me some food. Right? Some people go to the gym because they want to look a certain way. I go to the gym because I don't want to look a certain way. Like the way that I eat, if I don't do a few days at the gym, I'm just going to like float in the atmosphere somewhere and be out of here. Like I'm going to be huge, right? So that's why I go to the gym because I like to eat. As a believer, I like to eat. As a believer, I don't like going to church 
and they give me some mumbo jumbo that, that makes me feel good for like an hour. But when I get home, I can't do anything with it. I like going to a church like Kuha that teaches me and trains me and instructs me and gives me something that when I get home, I could put it to work. How many can say amen? See, I got two more verses and we're out of here because I know the giants are about to start. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> when a citizen prays, it's based on assignment and not needs. When a citizen praises, see, they're giving me the sign. Y'all tell you and take your time and they'll. When a citizen prays, it's based on assignment and not needs. If we go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Check it, and I'm not going to read through, through all the verse. Go to the next one. Yes, right here. The king said to me, why is your face sad? When you pray and you go to an altar, your face is going to be sad. But when you pray and you're before a throne and you're before a king and you're before the king of the universe... If God looks at you, is he still seeing sadness? You're before healing and you're still sad about your sickness. You're before prosperity and you're still sad about being broke. You're before freedom and you're still sad because you feel enslaved. God is saying, why are you so sad when I am your answer and I am right before you? How can you talk to me and not understand what I've given you? Why are you so sad? Let's keep going because there's another question he asked. What are you requesting? In other words, be specific when you go before God. Understand that you're before your answer. You're before the king. Be specific. Let's keep going. Verse 6. And the king said to me, and this blew me away, Pastor And the king said to me, the queen, and in parentheses it says, the queen sitting beside him. I'm like, wait, hold up. Who was this king and who was his queen? <laughs> this king was married to somebody. That also knew what prayer at a throne was. This king was married to somebody who was his queen. Who understood the power of requesting something before a king. Because the book of Nehemiah occurs, um, is, is chronologically tied to two other books. It's tied to the book of Ezra, but it's also tied to the book of Esther. This king that Nehemiah was before was also the husband of Queen Esther. This blew me away this morning. Because I'm like, if Nehemiah was before this king, and this king, and it specifically says his queen was sitting beside him. In other words, it reminds me of the fact that I am also married to somebody who's sitting beside the king. 
the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father interceding for you and interceding for me. So when Nehemiah comes before King Xerxes and says, I need you to do something for me. I could imagine Queen Esther saying, baby, we got to do this. We got to give this man whatever this man wants because he's one of mine. He's one of my brothers. He comes from the same country that I come from. In other words, Nehemiah understood that when you have someone at the throne that's representing you, there's no limit to what you can ask for. There's no limit to what you can have. There's no limit to what you can request of God if you understand your position. If you understand who's at the right hand of God representing you. I want to finish with two verses. In the book of Esther. Again, these books are happening at the same time. In the book of Esther, look at this. Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my young woman will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king that is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. How many of you would agree this is some boldness? What book is it? What, what book is it in? The book of what? Esther. What chapter? What verse? What chapter? What verse? Was she being bold? Yes, she was being bold. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, what chapter? What verse? What chapter? What verse? What chapter was Esther? Let's go back to Esther. Esther what? Esther what? 4 verse 16. Hebrews what? 4 verse 16. Esther what? Hebrews what? In other words, God in his divine sovereignty allowed for a book to be written and numbered so that it would match hundreds of years later to another verse to show us that it doesn't matter where you're from as long as you know who you belong to. Esther had no right being the queen. You have no right being a son of God. You have no right being a daughter. You have no right requesting things of God. But God is saying, if you understand that the person sitting on the throne, his name is Grace. His name is Grace. In other words, it's not about you deserving it. It's not about you deserving it. It's not about you being good enough. It's about are you understanding who you are. Is there anyone here that understands who they are? What are you doing begging at an altar when you should be making declarations at the throne? I don't beg for nothing. I come before God and I'm like, God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm giving. I'm working. And he's attacking me. But Lord, what's that new car going to look like? What is living debt free going to look like? I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I know you're going to do it. Because I'm a citizen 
of the kingdom of God. And I got the son sitting at your right hand. And he's saying, he's saying, Father, you got to bless Marquez. Because it benefits you for him to be representing us as full as he can represent us. In other words, family, you are not alone. Maybe the father left. But God is saying, I will provide for you. I will bless you. I will strengthen you. I will give you everything you need as long as you believe in me. Is there any Esther in the house this morning? Any Esthers that you're like, you know what? If I die, I die. But I'm going to die believing in God. If I perish, I perish. But all my faith is going to be resting on his promise. If I look stupid, I look stupid. But all my faith is placed on him. If people call me crazy, they call me crazy. But I'm crazy in love with him. If people call me like psycho, what are you doing? Let them call me. Whatever they need to call me, I'm going to keep following hard after him. If people ask me, why are you praising? Why are you dancing? Why are you singing? Why are you lifting your hands? You're going to be able to say, because there was a woman in the Bible named Esther. And she had no right to dance, no right to ask, no right to be in the kingdom. But she was born for such a time. Is this you were born for such a time as this Shaman. you know why this doesn't end Pastor Roe and Pastor Lisa because you dared to walk in faith when faith didn't make any sense and it's been so hard for you so hard to keep believing so hard to keep walking and you've even had to answer the people closest to you did you make the right decision but listen to me just as you dare to believe in me I'm gonna release what has been held back and it will fall into your bosom and you're gonna remember this day and you're gonna remember that decision there's people laughing now now I understand the attack there's people laughing and there's people praying against this place there's people saying that I knew this was going to stop I knew this was going to end look at them they took a step in the wrong direction no it wasn't in the wrong direction God allowed you to take that step so that you could know what you're capable of so that you could know what you're able to do and listen to me what God has ordained no devil can stop It's going to happen and it's going to be better than it was before. Why? Because you dare to believe. Why? Because you know you're a citizen. Why? Because this is the kingdom of God and the gates of hell can never, ever, ever prevail against us. There's a shaking going on. I said there's a shaking going on. And God is putting things where they need to be. He's putting faith where it needs to be. And faith cannot rest on ourselves. It has to rest on him. I don't know why. God is saying, less meetings, more rest. 
less meetings, more rest. Because meetings are to discuss what's going on, but rest is a declaration of what is to be. I had a migraine until right now. Until right now, I had to sit during worship because I was feeling dizzy. There's a struggle, guys. The Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And what God wants to do in Staten Island through Christ's uncensored house of worship, no eye has seen and nor ear heard what it is that God wants to do. But you guys have to grab onto that again. You have to grab onto what God has promised you. You have, Pastor Roe and Pastor Lisa cannot be the only ones that believe it with all of them. The sacrifice has to come on behalf of all of us. When we got in here, and I'm going to finish with this. When we got here, I felt God say in my spirit, I didn't choose Israel because they were the greatest nation. I didn't choose Israel because they had the most numbers or the better, the better army. I chose Israel because they were the smallest. And I chose Israel because they were the weakest. In other words, I chose Israel because they had to believe in me. Christ uncensored, I want to encourage you this morning and to tell you that the best is still yet to come. We got to start posting like never before. We got to let the world know that Christ uncensored is still as excited than it ever was. We got to let them know that Ignite is about to take over New York and we're going to reach young people at a magnitude that has never happened. That we're going to do things that have never been done. We're going to reach the nation that's never been reached. And listen to me, we're going to sit with the lawmakers of this land. We're going to sit with mayors. We're going to sit with councilmen. We're going to sit with assemblymen because they're going to need our opinion before they make a move but we got to see ourselves as what we are can we stand we hope you enjoyed this podcast our mission here at christ uncensored house of worship is to love god love people and love life kuhau is a place where our story is still being written together we can do more than we can ever do alone if this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world Go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.